Well, we found out yesterday how the New Zealand unemployment rate had fallen sharply, adding more to the expectation that the RBNZ is going to lift interest rates there next month. They're a long way off that in the United States, of course, and the ADP employment numbers uh, are showing that the jobs there are not recovering as fast as expected. Uh, The market's hanging out now for the non-farm payrolls on Friday, of course, but the ADP numbers was enough to hurt the share market a little. And what about the Bank of England? They meet later on today. Their economy seems to be picking up. Will they be a bit more bullish? Or is it just another session for them to sit on their hands? It's Thursday, the 5th of August, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the Dow is down three quarters of 1% this morning. The S&P down 0.3% after a record close yesterday. And the Nasdaq up a little, but it spent most of the session overnight down. Uh, stocks on the rise in Europe, though. The DAX is up 0.9%. The Eurostoxx 50 is up 0.6%. The FTSE a quarter percent up. Uh, the US dollar, which dipped a few hours ago, is now a quarter percent up on the DXY. The Aussie uh, only enjoyed that one day on the rise. Today it's down 0.2%, about the same as the euro and the pound. The US dollar is up 0.4% on the Japanese yen. We've had uh, very small moves in bonds. 10-year treasuries flat on yesterday, really, at 1.17%. Compare that to New Zealand 10 years, which are up five basis points. We'll come to that in just a second. We've also had further big falls in oil. WTI is down 3.7%, below $68 now, where it was uh, briefly the second half of uh, last month and then February before that. Remember how not so many weeks ago, some were forecasting $100 oil? Uh, If that's going to happen, it's not going to happen in a hurry, it seems, is it? Uh, But before we look at what's happening in the United States, uh, let's look at New Zealand with Dave DeGarris at NAB in London. So while the Aussie dollar is down today, the, uh, the Kiwi dollar is up 0.4% this morning. And Dave, there's uh, a lot to be excited about in New Zealand. The unemployment rate over there, it was 4.7% in Q1. It was expected to uh, to fall to 4.5%, but it actually fell to 4%. That is quite yes. a drop. <laughs> it is it is for the quarter, so mm. another couple of months. But even so, it's, uh, it's sort of even stronger, I think, than the... Um, changes we've had in australia which are really before lockdowns are shooting the lights out right yeah, so yeah. um you know my colleagues in new zealand phil described it with one word and i think you know what that word is we've been talking about it with certain releases recently and it starts with s and, and then a t stonker a stonker <laughs> All right, it's sometimes new. you see um yeah sometimes you see a strong headline, and then uh, the details are, are not quite so comforting, but this wasn't one of those. So, right. as you said, unemployment at four, uh, employment up 0.7, the participation rate up, Phil. Yeah. So it's back to slightly above where it was the pandemic. That's another one in yeah, the, underemployed, the under, underemployed number, also fell sharply. All that, so good numbers all, all around. That. Yeah. Indeed, and and wages accelerating a little bit faster. So mm. coming on the heels of that statement uh, yesterday about m- tightening mortgage lending standards, uh, it's not surprised the market was going to grasp this release with both arms and push the Kiwi up. And as you said there in your opening, New Zealand bond yields were up sharply, particularly the short end, but also the longer end. So the market's now priced more than 100% for um a rise at the RBNZ August meeting, yep. August 18 meeting, and um, on the road towards pricing in three this year. So one at every meeting, and wow. there's even a bit of talk around that, you know, they could conceivably increase rates maybe by 50 basis points at one of those meetings. So um, Does it matter it's if, you've got, if you've got New Zealand 
pushing ahead with, with rate increases while other central banks aren't following. Is there any impact on from that? Does it matter too much? Well, the main impact would be, I guess, there is some a sort of announcement effect on markets and consumer confidence and all those sorts of things. So it's always... Um, uh, that is a slightly tricky situation. We know the RBNZ is quite sensitive to movements in the Kiwi dollar as well. So, mm. um, you know, if they were to move 50 basis points at the first move, then the Kiwi dollar would respond to that, of course, even though sort of partly priced in. Um, but, um, you know, I think there is a growing view in New Zealand that they want to get rates higher. I mean, the, all the talk about housing Mm. You know, it's symptomatic, I guess, of of, of of low rates, at least in part. So, um, and and with general inflationary pressures. So, it was a strong number. Yeah, it was indeed. So, um, yeah, it was a, actually a seventeen thousand drop in unemployed. And it doesn't sound that great, does it? But it is quite a small country. Uh, this is actually mm. the, the biggest percentage drop since they started uh, collecting the numbers in nineteen eighty four. Well, there you go, twelve point four percent, which takes it back to where it was in the middle of two thousand and nineteen, as though. The the pandemic never happened. Look, it was a very different story for the US, though, wasn't it? ADP employment numbers, uh, they uh, they rose 330,000 down from 680,000 for June and well below expectations. Well below. Um, goodness, what's to say about the ADP employment report? It doesn't always give us a good lead on mm. what payrolls are. And we know how fixated the market is on, you know, it's going to be on Friday's payroll numbers, particularly with... Um, Richard Claret is speaking today, and we'll come to him in a minute. But, um, yes, so uh, we've seen, you know, pretty savage two-way price action both in the US dollar and um, the interest rate, the bond market in in the US on the back of, first of all, obviously a lower dollar and lower US yields on the back of the ADP report, even though the market, I think, is somewhat sceptical of whether the ADP is giving you a a lead and then uh, followed up pretty closely by that services index, Phil, mm. which was uh, almost in the New Zealand realm um, as far as description is concerned. So that was up from, what, 60 to 64.1, 59.8 to 64.1. So once again, practically all of the components are strong as well. So we saw a reversal of um, US dollar and um and, uh, you know, US bond yields are on the back of that, even though in net terms we haven't seen dramatic changes uh, overall over the course of the session. So it was a strong report. I mean, the, uh, the reopening has been, has been pretty solid in the US, hasn't it? And you'd have to say earlier probably than Europe and in the UK. Well, I think maybe, you know, we're going to see things picking up as people now start to realise that you have to live with this virus, don't you? It's the only it's the only approach. So we're not going to get rid of it entirely. There was a study in the UK, the REACT study, which uh, mm-hmm. uh, looked at people who've had both jabs and they've concluded yes. now you're only going to get 59% protection against symptomatic infection from the Delta yes. variation, which is the most dominant in the UK now. It's like 99% of all the cases. So you can still yes. get it, uh, 59% uh, protection, but uh, you, you're probably not going to go to hospital or, or die from it. So zero COVID well, I think, is yes, a pipe dream. Yes, yes. That's why in, what we're seeing in Israel, for example, numbers have shot up. 
there. They've gone yes. from a couple of hundred at the end of June to 3,000 cases yes. a day yesterday. Yes. But, you know, yes. hospitalisation numbers, again, same deal as we're seeing in the UK. You know, uh, uh, Exactly uh, uh, the same. Yeah. Exactly the same, yeah. So the infection numbers, obviously, UK infection numbers have come down significantly off their peak. Mm. So it looks like the third wave may well have peaked now, although... Uh, you know, the fact that school kids are not being tested as often as they were three weeks ago, I think has got bit to do a big that. part of that explanation. Yeah. But even so, hospitalizations and, and worse yeah. and haven't got to anything like they were, have they, in, in the previous wave? Well, I wonder, you know, and that's the thing. I think we'll realise that, you know, we are, we do have to live with it. There are going to be people who get it, the same as people who get the flu. Uh, but if, mm. you've been, if you've been vaccinated, you're not going to get seriously ill from it. And we just have to accept that these numbers are, you know, might seem quite large uh, for a while. Uh, and that's that's obviously going to help employment. It's also going to, you know, it also means businesses can go back to work and start working again. So, uh, yes, so yes. Th- those and those services PMIs, um, you know, th- they are looking good, aren't they, in Europe and in the United States? They are, they are. So, what did I say? Sixty four point one on the um, on the US ISM Services Index. Um, similar sort of narrative and read through there. Price pressures still fill, supply blockages, mm. backlogs of orders, um, all, all those sorts of things. A very similar narrative in um, in Europe and the UK indexes. Of course, we've already seen the headlines of the European and UK indexes, what, a fortnight ago, but um, uh, we did see a bit of an upward revision, um, what, for... Uh, Sorry, down revision to fifty nine point eight, but it's still it's still a very very solid number in 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 Europe. So you mm. know, Spain at sixty one point nine, Italy at fifty eight, France at fifty six point eight, and Germany at sixty one point eight, and the UK at fifty nine point six, and that was even with the uh, the pandemic fell in the UK. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, the the press has, in the past couple of days has been full of stories about how the uh, the app has been tweaked and so forth. And I think some individuals are taking upon themselves to tweak, tweak, tweak the app themselves by, yeah, by, by turning, turning it off. off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and installing it. I think that's, uh, I think that's the way because people realize, you know, that they've just got to live with it and, uh, and you can get infected, but you won't uh, you won't necessarily get ill. Uh, let, let's look at what uh, central bankers have been saying then, because uh, Treasuries uh, they're pretty close to where they were yesterday, but they've been on a bit of a ride in between. Mm. Uh, Richard Clowder, the uh, the Fed's vice chair, uh, uh, who th- uh, thinks rates could rise next year, uh, and we could have an announcement on tapering late th- uh, later this year. Uh, yes, this yes. is on, on the proviso, of course, that he could be wrong. He said, <laughs> "You know, it all de- obviously <laughs> all depends on circumstance." Absolutely, and we know that it's all outcome based rather mm. than time based. Phil, so he was speaking both about tapering and his view on the economy and uh, what that would mean for rates and where his particular dot plot was. Although he didn't quite. So he said, you know, rates could rise as early as the end of next year or, this, you know, the start of 2023. And we know there's quite a big group uh, already in 2022, uh, more in 2023. So you think if he's talking about the end of 2022, maybe his dot is in 2023. Either way, mm. I don't think it's it that, that reveals a whole lot more, but... Um, for me, I think, you know, the interest was in, you know, he wants to see some more jobs data uh, before I think he could be convinced that, yeah. you know, the Fed could announce tapering. And we've heard similar things, haven't we, from Powell and uh, and Brainard 
recently. But but just one interesting thing for me on um, on Clarity today, Phil, was that um, he seems to have a different idea of what maximum employment is. He seems to be even more inflation focused than Powell and Brainard in that they, you know, see it as a much more inclusive goal. That is, you know, reaching all different parts of the economy. And certainly you would think back to, uh, if not below the three and a half percent unemployment rate we got to, the US got to before the pandemic, he's talking about 3.8% would be enough, you know, to start the ball rolling on rates. But you might think that's splitting hairs a little bit, but... Mm. um, Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how that uh, that discussion evolves in yeah, the next well, little while. A discussion for another day is, you know, what and what, how do we come out of all of this? What is because we had James Bullard from the Fed saying yesterday that, that you know we 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 should expect high volatility, high productivity, strong growth, higher inflation. Uh, that you know they could all be a more permanent factor of a post-COVID economy. This from a man who going into COVID was saying we should expect low growth, low productivity, and low inflation for some time to come. So he's uh, you know he's turned around his view of things. Look very quickly, we've got the, the Bank of England this evening uh, that they're going to be yes. looking at inflation. I mean CPI went up 0.5 percent month on month in June. We've got an economy that is getting back on track. I mean, is it yes. possible that they could bring their interest rate hikes forward? I don't think they'll be signalling that. Um, I think the economy, <clears throat> given the um, sort of short-term errors in the way the data has been unfolding, um, you know, inflation's been a little bit higher perhaps than what they'd expected. Um, but I don't think that will surprise them too much. I mean, they've all been talking about that recently. And the growth numbers through June quarter and in the second half of the year, I think that's unfolding pretty much as they expect. Phil. So, you know, there might be one or possibly two that would be calling for uh, tapering now. In other words, uh, a reduced um, purchase program, um, but they would, they would be in the minority, I would think. So I don't expect too many too much fireworks on that front. Um, <clears throat> I think that debate's going to be had later today, not, not, uh, not tomorrow. All right. German factory orders as well for June. And the US jobless claims, they, I mean, well, they've had a bad couple of weeks, haven't they? 400,000 for the week commencing, uh, well, the, 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 whatever it was, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> tail end of yes. July, <laughs> uh, which was up uh, on 368,000 a couple of weeks before that. So, uh, so that, you know, uh, bad couple of weeks, but maybe it'll pick up or maybe it won't. I don't know. It'll be an indicator, another indicator of what to expect at the yes, end of the week. Market, the market will be just fixated on the uh, the non-farms on Friday in yeah, any case. Yeah, yeah. All right, very good. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. It is all about jobs, isn't it? And vaccination rates right now, which is almost certainly means that the New South Wales lockdown is going to last well beyond the end of this month. That's it for today. Gavin Friend joining me from NAB in London tomorrow. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. <laughs>